Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We are now entering into the week of Christmas, and so hopefully you have presents bought, decorations up. I know there's concern for my own household, we do have a Christmas tree up with lights. That is oh, the last, ex- hey, last, last yeah. week it was wow. up. Yeah, this, yeah. this week it's up with lights. With lights, no other decorations <laughs> on the tree. So it's a slow process. There you go. Um, but we are we're getting there. By Christmas, we'll we'll be good to go. Kind of around the table with me, helping with. Hopefully, getting you more ready for Christmas than I am is Vinny Henke from Valley Life Community Church. Vinny, good to have you here today. Thanks, and Russ. Good to be here. Ryan Hemfeld from Treasure Valley RPCNA. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And Jonathan Van Hoogen from Spring United Reformed Church. It's good to be here, and I hope we can help people <laughs> prepare for their Christmas season with um, you know the spirit of Christmas. Now, I can justify myself a little bit and say Don't. That, that, <laughs> that all of what I am ill-prepared for is really secondary. Absolutely. So the decorations, the presents, the, yeah. all of that, wonderful as they are, are really the secondary aspect of this time of year. And we have been really trying to help you Focus in on the real aspect of the season. Well, those secondary things are the things that make for the busyness of the season. And what we've been doing with these Advent readings is slowing down this season so that we can take in the meaning of incarnation of Christ. And J.C. Ryle has been helping us. And lately we've been in Luke chapter 1 where we find ourselves again this morning. And... I believe Vinny is going to bring us back to Mary. Yeah, so we're going to pick up with Mary just after she's visited with her cousin Elizabeth, uh, finding out that she's pregnant as a sign from God that she can trust in the virgin conception. Uh, and so we pick up with Mary's song in verse 46 from Luke chapter 1 out of the ESV. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and his and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and returned to her home. J.C. Ryle writes concerning these verses, 
Let us mark the lively thankfulness of the Virgin Mary. It stands out prominently in all the early part of her hymn. Her soul magnifies the Lord. Her spirit rejoices in God. All generations shall call her blessed. Great things have been done for her. We can scarcely enter into the full extent of feelings which a holy Jewish woman would experience on finding herself in Mary's position. But we should try to recollect them as we read her repeated expressions of praise. We too shall do well to walk in Mary's steps in this matter and cultivate a thankful spirit. It has ever been a mark of God's most distinguished saints in every age. David in the Old Testament and Paul in the New are remarkable for their thankfulness. We seldom read much of their writings without finding them blessing and praising God. Let us rise from our beds every morning with a deep conviction that we are debtors, and that every day we have more mercies than we deserve. Let us look around us every week as we travel through the world, and see whether we have not much to thank God for. If our hearts are in the right place, we shall never find any difficulty in building an Ebenezer, a stone of help. Well would it be if our prayers and supplications were more mixed with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6. J.C. Ryle continues, Let us mark the full acquaintance with scriptures which this hymn exhibits. It is evident that the memory of the Blessed Virgin was stored with Scripture. She was familiar, whether by hearing or by reading, with the Old Testament. When out of the abundance of her heart, her mouth spoke, she gave vent to her feelings in scriptural language. Moved by the Holy Spirit to break forth into praise, she chooses language which the Holy Spirit had already consecrated and used. Let us strive every year we live to become more deeply acquainted with Scripture. Let us study it, search into it, dig into it, meditate on it until it dwells in us richly, Colossians 3.16. In particular, let us labor to make ourselves familiar with those parts of the Bible which, like the book of Psalms, describe the experience of the saints of old. We shall find it most helpful to us in our approaches to God. It will supply us with the best and most suitable language, both for the expression of our wants and thanksgiving. Such knowledge of the Bible can doubtless never be attained without regular daily study, but the time spent on such study is never misspent. It will bear fruit after many days. Let us also mark the firm grasp which the Virgin Mary had of the Bible's promises. She ends her hymn of praise by declaring that God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and that he has done as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. These words show clearly that she remembered the old promise made to Abraham. Let us learn from her example to lay firm hold on Bible promises. It is of the deepest importance to our peace to do so. Promises are the manna that we should daily eat and the water that we should daily drink as we travel through the wilderness of this world. We do not see yet all the things put under us. We do not see Christ in heaven, the book of life, the mansions prepared for us. We walk by faith, and this faith leans on promises, but on those promises we may lean confidently. They will bear all the weight that we can lay on them. We shall find one day, like the Virgin Mary, that God keeps his word that he has spoken so that he will always in due time perform them.
So this, today we're going to begin by allowing Ryan to get something off of his chest. Uh-oh. So J.C. Ryle continues to refer to Mary as the Virgin Mary. Ryan, go ahead. <laughs> just just let that out. This, I, I, he I was said set that up, to you in confidence. <laughs> he was set up. Well, no, I think it's it. You 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 reminded me rightly that uh, you know she was a virgin when Jesus was born, and we even read in scriptures that Joseph. I mean, he's he's a uh, put forward as not only is Mary a righteous woman, but Joseph being a righteous man all through the work of God in their lives. And uh, you know, once he found out his betrothed, his one he would was to marry was pregnant with this uh christ you know he it says he did not know her and uh that i i pointed off air like sometimes it rubs me the wrong way when i continue to see the word virgin mary because she didn't remain that way we 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 read in scripture how jesus had human brothers through mary and joseph human sisters Mm -hmm. a couple of those brothers half brothers you could say he were even used by God to write scripture, James mm-hmm. and Jude, mm-hmm. and became believe it. Which this is off topic, but I just wonder. I would love to pick their brain of like when they finally realized, wow, our older brother was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that <laughs> probably the irritated them for a while <laughs> growing up that yeah, he was perfect. That, that testifies to the legitimacy of who Christ is, right? Mm-hmm. That right, his right. half half brothers and sisters came to faith in him, right? Because exactly. I know if one of my siblings came to me and said, "I'm the Lord." No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. But what I appreciate that too is that you know Mary's Mary was saved through faith in her son, and Joseph was saved through faith in his adopted son. And, and we're why I bring all of this up is this: it's good to use words correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. She remained a virgin, but to go until forward, she gave birth, birth and knew her. Husband, husband Joseph. Right, right. But it's not accurate to perpetually call her, in all circumstances, the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. She knew that at a special moment in time that her role was to, in a human sense, bring the Savior into the world because she was giving birth to that, as we read the other day, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. So she was the Virgin Mary that Jesus was born to. However, after that, she really is. Um, she does become fully the wife of Joseph. That's correct. Uh, and, and on all the, the meaning of what that would be, that she was the wife of Joseph. And she understood her role. Mm-hmm. And that's why the song is so important, because she put herself in the moment she was living and saying, I know that I am being used to bring about the great promises that have saturated the Old Testament. And she, in essence, gives her amen to God, mm-hmm. but does so with the words of Scripture. Why is it so important, not just for Mary, but for us, to have God's Word in our hearts and minds? Well, it's the foundation of our faith. You know, we see here, as Ryle points out, you know, this this song that Mary breaks into, it's just, it's full of scripture. And it shows that, again, it's an evidence of how God, you know, was working in her life. She knew scripture. And uh, it's important for us, you know, the, the Apostle Paul calls it the sword of the spirit. 
know, if we're not meditating on scripture, if we're not taking it in, we're rending ourselves weaponless against onslaughts of the evil one. Uh, the Holy Spirit often takes his word at times and brings it to our mind in times where we really need it. And if we're not ingesting it, we're putting ourselves at a detriment. I think in particular, practically too, if last week we talked about the three C's, commercial and cultural, and then kind of the Christian understanding of Christmas. One of the ways you can keep the Christian message of Christmas at the center is by keeping the word at the center of your family's experience in it. Yeah. You know, including Advent readings and your family worshiping, including the word as a daily part of your life pushes the cultural and commercial aspects of Christmas back to where they belong in the proper place. I'm going to just throw this out there. I, I think that having God's word in our heart allows us to be thankful and be able to praise God. And I think it also allows us to, to trust. Do you want to expand on any of that? Well, I think Mary experiences those two things, right? I mean, not only does she receive the message of the angel, but she can also see the message for what it is as a fulfillment of the promises of God because mm-hmm. she had the word centered in her heart. Mm-hmm. So she can see and, and end her worship song with, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. The only reason she can say that is because she knew what God had said to her fathers and to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what she's done is she's actually quoting. You know, Rao points out she's using scripture in her something that the Holy Spirit has given, and the Holy Spirit gave that through the uh, through Hannah in the Old Testament in in First Samuel. She's actually using some of that same language that Hannah used in her song. Mm. I'm gonna just end with a quote from Ryle because I think it's so helpful in just living day by day. He just says this that we need to lay hold of the uh, Bible promises because the promises are the manna that we should daily eat and the water that we should daily drink as we travel through the wilderness of this world. And hopefully that is how you are approaching God's word during this Advent season. Well, thank you for listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you tomorrow.